I'd like to close out 2019 with uh, a message titled Reflections and Expectations. Reflections and Expectations. You know, we, uh, over, over time, we have become accustomed to uh, start the new year with New Year's resolutions. And, uh, and some are good, some are okay, and some should have never been uh, set. But today we're not really talking about resolutions. Uh, we're actually talking about reflections and expectations. 2020 is just around the corner, uh, literally, and it's just a few days away. And 2019 is, is just about finished. Everything and anything that happened uh, this past year happened, right? The good, the bad, and the ugly. It's actually over. And so a new year uh, will soon be upon us. Um, and so if last year was confusing and chaotic, uh, being covered, uh, set back, new year is coming. If last year was full of disappointments, uh, setback, setbacks and challenges, uh, be encouraged because a new year is, is coming. And if last year was your best year yet, it was the most incredible year of your life. Uh, be even more encouraged that a new year is coming. Because here's the thing. Here's the thing. All of God's lessons, all of God's teachings and blessings for 2019 have come to an end. And they're to be filed away. As we learned uh, a couple of weeks ago, Mary filed these things in her heart, right? so that she could remember them, reflect upon God's goodness, right? So everything that has happened, good, bad, or ugly, we are to file away, put it away somewhere where we can reflect upon it, right? Because the time to reflect is now. The time to, to say, look at in the mirror, look back at this past year and say, man, 2019, these are the things that I was able to accomplish. These are the, the good things I was able to do. These are the things where I fell short. These are the things that, that I was expecting and didn't happen. You know, so when you look back, it, this, is, this is now the time to look back and say, man, these are the things that happened or did not happen. We need to use these past experiences as a kickstart to what God is going to do in this new year. Because with a new year, comes new lessons to be learned, right? With a new year comes new teachings and, and new blessings and new encounters and new experiences. Basically, we're talking about new expectations, new expectations, because God is in the business of doing new things. God doesn't get stuck on something old. God is in the business of doing new things. And regardless of how old you are, regardless of your, where, where your journey has taken you or when you started your journey in life, right, God is always doing something new. And some of, you know, some, some of us older folks, you know, have an expression, oh, I've been there, I've done that. Yes, you have been there and you have done that. But the truth of the matter is that God is in the business of doing new things. And God will surprise you this year. God's going to do something incredible in your life. And so we need to understand that. Listen to what the word of God says in Isaiah 43, verses 18 and 19. The message translation says it like this. 
Forget about what's happened. Don't keep going over old history. Be alert. Be present. I'm about to do something brand new. It's bursting out. Don't you see it? And I love this part of scripture because it brings about expectations, right? Have you ever gone somewhere and you didn't know what, what it was going to be like, but you heard? But someone told you it's going to be an incredible moment. You're going to see some incredible things. You're going to do some incredible uh, things. And, and, and you wait till you get there and you are filled with expectations. Well, this is what this part of scripture does for me and what it should do for you. God is in the business of doing something new. So once you reflect, once you think about 2019 and what has transpired over this past year, these past 12 months, good, bad, or ugly, your focus and attention should be on this new year that's coming. Because again, God is in the business of doing new things. And there is no doubt in my heart and in my mind, that God's going to do something incredible in your life. For many folks, this begins by walking into the new year with high hopes, new goals, and new expectations. And so my question to you this morning is, what are you expecting from God in 2020? What are you expecting God to do in your life in 2020? There's a saying that says, if if, if you don't reach for something, if you don't set a goal, then you will hit absolutely zero every single time. You're going to miss every single time because you've, you've never set a goal. You don't have expectations. And so this morning, what are your expectations from God for this new year? We all have, at one point or another, set goals and aspirations at the start of the new year, right, for ourselves and for our families. Some we've achieved. 2019, we saw some of these goals uh, be achieved, and we were successful at it, and, and it was good. And, and, and then there's some that we, we fell short, just short, and we're like, man, I'm going, to be able to, I need a, I'm going to be able to accomplish. I fell short this time around, but I'm going to be able to accomplish it. And then there's just some that we got a, a case of that amnesia about a month or two in. And we're like, what goal? I forget all about those goals. But why do we set goals? Why do we have these expectations every year? Well, that there are some deficiencies in our lives. We recognize that there are some things going on in our lives that we are lacking, that we that that we are not complete with, right, that we need to improve on. We can't change what happened last year. We can't change what happened in the past, but we can definitely do something about it moving forward. And so we set new goals and we set new expectations for the upcoming year, believing and trusting that we're going to be able to achieve these goals, that we're going to be able to see these goals come to fruition. Now, I don't know about you, but as I enter into this into this new year, I want to make my life count for something. I do. I want 2020 to be 
an incredible year for me. I want my life, the things that, that, that I'm going to do to count for something that God's going to do through me. And, and in, more specifically, I want them to count for God. I want my life to count for God. I want God to use me in an incredible way in 2020. And I hope that you all have some goals that are focused on making your life count this year. But I hope that you've also set goals or will be setting goals to make your life count for God in 2020. I hope that you get to a time to sit down before God in your quiet time and ask God, Lord, I want my life to count not just for myself and not just for my family and my friends, but I want my life to count for you, God. What will you use me? How will you use me? What incredible things are we going to conquer and achieve for your glory and honor in 2020? The Apostle Paul was a great example of this. He gives us the secret to, this, to his extraordinary success and making his life count for God in Philippians chapter 3, verses 12 to 14. And it says, I don't mean to say that I've already achieved these things or that I've already reached perfection, but I press on to possess the perfection for which Christ Jesus first possessed me. No, dear brothers and sisters, I have not achieved it, but I focus on this one thing, forgetting the past and looking forward to what lies ahead. Verse 14, I press on. I press on to reach the end of the race and receive the heavenly prize for which God, through Jesus Christ, is calling us. Now, church, I want to share with you this morning a few things that Paul, um, that made Paul successful on making his life count for God in hopes that you too can grab some of these and apply them and learn from them to learn from him today and be successful at making your life count for God in 2020. So if you're taking down notes, write this down or take a picture of it. Number one, have a purpose. Have a purpose. Paul had a purpose. He says in verse 12, I don't mean to say that I've already achieved these things or that I've already reached perfection, but I press on to possess that perfection for which Jesus Christ first possessed me. So let's not read too much into this or overcomplicate what Paul is trying to say here. This is really, really simple. He's saying that he has not arrived to a high level of spirituality. So he was looking to grow and mature in Christ. He's saying, listen, I love God and I love Jesus and I love what has happened and what God has, has begun to do in my life. But make no mistakes about it, I have not achieved this level of perfection in my relationship with Jesus. I do not know it all. I, I don't have the answers to this. I am still trying to figure this out. I have not reached this level, right? I still need to grow and mature. Now, Peter instructs us in 2 Peter chapter 3, verse 18, says, Grow in grace 
and in the knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Here are two pillars of the Christian faith saying that our goal in life should be to grow in our relationship with Jesus. We should be maturing, not being immature. We should be about growing. We should not be about regressing in our walk with Jesus. There has to be a change in our lives as we grow in our walk with Jesus, right? This is, I love my church. I love South Hills, uh, Santa Clarita, right? I love you as, as, as we get to do church together. But guess what I'm not in the business of? I'm not in the business of building country clubs. I'm not in the business of, of, of just saying, hey, I've arrived. I'm here. How you doing? No, that's, that's, that's great. Grab a donut, grab a cup of coffee. Life is good, right? That, that's, 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 that's a blessing. That is awesome. But that is not why we want to follow Jesus. We want to follow Jesus so that we can grow so that we can mature in our walk, so that 2020 will be at a different level than what 2019 was. And regardless of how long you've been serving Christ, growth taking place in your life, there should be a change that when you look back at 2019, you'd be like, man, my, I've grown in Christ. I have not achieved perfection, but my goal was to grow in Christ. And you know how how. The, the reason or the, the, there's a sign that I've grown because of this, because I, I'm doing this or I'm doing that. This is a sign of me growing and maturing. And so in 2020, our purpose, again, should be to grow in Christ, just like Paul, just like Peter said. This was Paul's heart. This was his ultimate desire. His main goal was to grow in Christ. Friends, in order to make your life count, you and I, like Paul, should have a purpose that contains spiritual goals for your Christian life. So when you're setting your goals for 2020, at the very top of that list should be, I need to, I want to, I desire to grow in my walk with Christ. You cannot and you should not be satisfied with just how 2019 happened. Like, oh, my God, 2019 was incredible. I came to Christ. I gave my heart to Jesus. God did some miracles. He healed me. He blessed me. Well, it was great. But I remind you, yes, it was great. It was awesome. But God is in the business of doing new things. And he has something incredible for your life, for my life, for our life here. And it's going to require you to say, I'm going to pursue after him. I need to set some spiritual goals for my life. And there is no greater time to set these spiritual goals than at the beginning of a, a spanking brand new year to start thinking about these new goals and these new expectations to help you grow in your walk with Christ. And as you do that, let me give you some basic guidelines, all right? Number one, your goals need to be the right goals. That he desired spiritual growth. What about you? What do you desire? 
What is your heart fixated on? New car? New job? The right one? What is your heart fixated on? Here's the thing. I believe with all my heart that if your heart is fixated on the right thing, everything else will line up. Everything else will fall into its place. And so if your goal is to line up your heart with God, if your goal is to spiritually grow in 2020, then I believe that everything else will fall into its place. And so if you are not sure if you are saved, you need to get that matter taken care of right here, right now. Ask yourself, if, if life ended today, right, if life ended today for you, are you 100% sure that you're going to heaven? Because that's what salvation is. And that's what Jesus came for. He came to die on the cross so that we would find salvation, so that we would have eternal access into the kingdom. And so the question we should be asking before we move on into any of the stuff that we're talking today is, if my life was to end today, am I 100% sure that I am guaranteed to get into heaven. Because if you have any doubt, if you are not sure, then before we move on, let's, let's address it right now. Let's get saved. Let's give your heart to Jesus right now because everything and anything I say after this will not matter to you. And so if you're here this morning, I love you too much to leave you where you are at in a stage of I don't know. That's probably the worst answer you can give anybody. I don't know. Right? Think about it. How are you feeling? I don't know. Where are you going? I don't know. What are you going to do tomorrow? I don't know. Nobody likes to hear that. Right? And so I refuse to leave you at I don't know. And so if you're here this morning, you've never given your heart to Jesus, and you are 100% not sure that you're going to get to heaven, let's, 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 it's as simple as raising your hand and let's get, you, let's get you into the kingdom. Amen. Amen. Anybody else? This is, this is a serious matter. This is the, this is the reality of, of why we do what we do. This is what our, our premise, our basis of our relationship is with God. It is because God loved me so much that he would send his one and only son to die on the cross for my sins, for my salvation, so that I could get into heaven. Because the truth of the matter is, good looks, all the money in, the, in, the, in, the, in your bank account, the amount of followers you have on social media will not get you into heaven. Not even the life insurance you have, unfortunately. So if you are not 100% sure that you're going to heaven, now is the time. Let's, let's get those hands up. Because it's that important. Nancy, don't leave without me talking to you today. And anybody else? Because the truth of the matter is I want to make sure, I, love, I just love you too much to leave you where you're at. I love you too much to leave you stagnant here. I want to make sure that everyone gets to heaven. And so if you're sitting here today and are struggling with a bad habit, 
right, then we need to make some decisions to overcome and conquer those bad habits. If you haven't uh, been coming to church on a consistent basis or been in, involved in the things that we do here at Southfields, like groups and, and serving teams, then, then make it your business to do so in 2020. If you haven't tried to share uh, Jesus or invite your family and friends to church, then make it your business and be more, to be more intentional in sharing the love of Christ with others. If you haven't been faithful to having some quiet time uh, so that you can read more of his words, so that you can pray more, so that you can worship more, then you need to make it make up your mind to address these things now, right, to, to fix that deficiency in your life. If you haven't been a tither, decide now that your resources do not belong to you, that everything that you own belongs to him, right? Because he is your provider. He is, you have because he has given you, right? And if it says in his word that we must be faithful giving to him a percentage, then you need to just simply obey and trust and believe that he has your best interest in mind. If you haven't been a good husband, if you haven't been a good wife, if you haven't been a good son or daughter, a mom or dad, then you ought to have, you ought to be setting the goals in these goals in your life to correct them. We as believers need to set the right goals. So whatever they may be, decide to set some godly goals in place for 2020. It is imperative that you begin to realign your life before you walk into 2020 it's imperative, it's so important that we set goals in this upcoming year that line up and put us in a position to grow in our relationship with God. Number two, not only are we to set the right goals, but we need to uh, set goals that are specific, that they're clear and concise, right? Right? That's the name of the game in setting our goals. They need to be detailed. Don't say something general like, I want to be a better person next year. That's, that's nice, but that's very general. How will you be a better person next year? Be Talk about label. Set these things down, right? The things, how am I going to be a better person? So instead, spell out these specific areas that you know God is wanting you to change. For instance, Lord, I need to show the love of Christ better. I'm a little, this, I have a little bit of, of uh, I have a spirit of, of, uh, of alienating people. Right? I, I discriminate. Somehow, some way, I'm discriminating against people because I only like these kind of people. Right? But these people, I don't know, I want to do a lot with them. Hmm. No, they need Jesus, right? Some of us are just, we, 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 we just like, oh, like, yeah, you feel good because you're loving this, this kind of people. But God said, love your neighbor as you love yourself, right? Someone was quoting, we were talking about that a little while ago. 
How do we do that? How do we, be, you need to be specific. How can I love my neighbor better? How can I love my coworkers? How can I love my uncle who annoys me? How can I love my mom who gets on my nerves? How can I, can I love my kids better, right? We need to be specific. Lord, I need to, to, I need to, to show love to other people. How do I do that? I need to stop worrying about my finances, Lord. Don't simply say, I want to read more of the Bible next year. You need to be specific. Go after it, right? And say, I want to read through the entire Bible in one year. Or I'm going to read at least one chapter every morning. Or I'm going to read the Bible at least 15 minutes in, uh, in the day. See, those are, those are clear. Those are concise. They're specific to, to, to what you're trying to achieve. But if you just leave it at, oh, I'm just going just gonna, to, I need to read my Bible more. Right? You're not, being, you're not being clear. You're not being specific. It has, you have to lay out a plan. Successful goal making begins by having sp- specific and achievable goals. But if you're too generic, you will never know you missed it. Because you can say, oh, I want to be able to read my Bible more. And at the end of the year, said, I read John chapter 1, verse 1. I read my Bible more. Look at that. You see, we need to be specific. Number three, our goals need to be written down. They need to be written down. Here's why it's so important that we, we write down our goals. Because when we write them down, we need to solidify our resolutions or our goals and our expectations in our minds. And so we remember better when we use more of our senses, right? And so when we write it down, we we are physically seeing it. And when we see it, we read it, we hear it. And so now, not only do we think it, but now we're reading it. We, 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 because we wrote it down and now we're saying it and we hear it. And so they become, they become better, uh, more, they come, become more compact and, and, and ready for us. Secondly, writing goals down is a means of personal accountability. Personal accountability. Here's the thing. Once you write down your goals, keep them posted in a visible and obvious place to remind you of that commitment you made, right? Ah, I, need, I said I was going to, to grow in my walk with God, and, and I'm going to grow in my walk with God by reading one chapter a day. It says it here. I, I, I'm reading it right now, and so I, I, need to be, I need to hold myself accountable for that. I wrote that down, and so I need to read my Bible a chapter a day. It also allows you to examine yourself from time to time to see if you've done what you've said you would do. Because we all know the reality is that sometimes we flake. Sometimes we give up. Sometimes we get amnesia. I don't know what you're talking about. I didn't write that down. I didn't set that goal. Like, what goal? I said I was going to do what? No. Right? And so we need to hold ourselves accountable when we look back and say, oh, man, I wrote this down. That's right. Number four, our goals should be realistic. Our goals should be realistic. 
Some of us set some crazy goals. Some of us, we, we look back at them and laugh. We laugh because that was like, what was I thinking? Like, like yeah, I was going to, like, that was going to happen, right? We need to be realistic in our goals. It would be crazy for us to say that we want to read through the Bible ten times next year, right? Because that's probably, probably not a realistic goal unless you're a speed reader, you don't have a job, right, and you plan on being in a hospital for the next year. It's just that those things are not going to happen, right? Set realistic goals that would be a challenge to you, right, that's going to make you, uh, you know, it's going to cost you something. That you need to challenge yourself, but that are obtainable. To resolve to, to pray three hours a day is admirable. It really is. But it's probably an unrealistic goal for almost anybody to pray for three hours in a day. To say that you're going to give God 60% of your income is probably not a realistic goal for many of us here. Besides, when you tell your spouse, you may not live to accomplish that goal, right? So what determines whether or not a goal is, is realistic for you, right? How do you determine if the goal that you're thinking and that's in your heart is real or, or realistic or not? I believe it's, it's not the number or the size of your goal or your expectation, but how willing uh, and, and how able you are to work for that goal. How willing are you to achieve that goal? Because goals don't happen if you wiggle your nose or blink at it. Right? Ever try to blink your goal to success? Can't snap your fingers? Oh, come on. How many of you have kicked your car to try to get it starting before? It never worked, right? You know, so you, you, you got to set goals that are realistic and goals that you're going to work at it, right, that you're going to want to achieve. People are not successful in sports or in their careers without goal setting. It just doesn't happen by mistake. And lastly, our goals should be balanced. Have goals for each of your areas of your life, right? You should have spiritual goals for yourself. You should have personal goals, right? You should have family goals and work goals. There should be a balance. If you are all about your work goals and not enough about your family goals, something's going to, to, to struggle. Something's going to uh, be hurt. If you're all about your uh, family goals and not your spiritual goals, something is going to be missing in there. Because when we align, I said it before earlier today, once we align our hearts with God, then everything else falls into its place. It's easy to just get focused on the physical goals and neglect the spiritual ones. Our relationship with other family members or our responsibility to be productive members of our society. There has to be a balance in, in our goals and expectations for 2020. Now here's the thing. Not only does Paul give us, uh, uh, teaches what we need, teaches that we need to have a purpose 
for our lives, we also need to have a plan, a plan to achieve that purpose. It says in verse 13, No, dear brothers and sisters, I have not achieved it, but I focus on this one thing, forgetting the past and looking forward to what lies ahead. I press on to reach the end of the race and receive the heavenly prize for which God, through Christ Jesus, is calling us. So Paul not only had a purpose, but he had a plan, a strategy to accomplish his goals and expectations. There was a way how he was going, he was to forget the past and reach for the future. Church, you can live in a cloud of, of last year's failures and regrets or in a cloud of yesterday's provisions and blessings or you can put the past behind you where God has put it and go on and serve God. Paul pressed toward the mark of the high calling of God, the calling to reach the goal of spiritual growth. He pressed forward. The point here is that Paul had a plan to achieve his goal of growing in Christ. He knew that his goal, what, what his goal was, and he knew he, he knew he needed to formulate a plan to carry it out. He recounts in verse 6 here how he persecuted the church before he was saved. So Paul knew what his life was like before Christ. He was out there persecuting Christians. He was out there making their life miserable. And apparently he carried a lot of this guilt for the things that he had done before his conversion. So conquering the guilt was part of the plan to achieve his goal to grow in Christ. So my question is, what is weighing on you in 2019? What is anchoring you back and preventing you from growing in Christ? Some of us are caught up on your past hiccups, on your past mistakes, the wrong turns you made. And God is saying, man, I, once you accepted me, I forgave you. Once you said yes to Jesus, I wiped the slate clean. Never to bring it back up again. You forget that I'm in the business of doing something new. You forget that I am a God, a redeeming God. I brought redemption. And so your sins have been forgotten. Your past has been forgotten. Behold, watch out, I'm doing something new in your life. So stop hanging on to 2019. Stop hanging on the old stuff because I'm doing something fresh and new. He said, I have not achieved it, but I focus on one thing, forgetting the past and looking forward to what lies ahead. Forgetting the past and looking forward to what lies ahead. I've identified my goal. Spiritual growth is what I want for 2020. And I know the barriers that have kept me back in the past. I know the things that have anchored me back from growing in Christ. It might be 
people. It might be a job. It might be a situation, right? It might be a mentality. It might be my heart. It might be so many different things, right? I know those things that are holding me back. So here's what I'm going to do. In 2020, I'm going to put the past behind me once and for all, and I'm going to reach for the future that God has for me. I'm going to press toward the mark. I'm going to press toward my goal with persistence and fortitude. And so you cannot say, Lord, I'm going to control my temper better in 2020. No, you need to come up with a plan with strategies to control your anger in stressful situations. I've been transparent before, and I've said it, and I continue to say it, and, and God is doing a work in me. But I do not like when people honk at me because I know they're not honking at me like, ooh, yes, sir, you look. No, that's not. They're honking at me because they're trying to tell me something. I dislike so much when people honk. Like, I li- I'm not even one getting honked at, and the person next to me is honking. I'm like, why do you got to do that? What's the, what's the, like, no purpose. So I, over the last two years, I've, I've, I've given that to God, and I've said, Lord, help me with that. Because I could get a little cray-cray with that stuff, right? I could lose my salvation. And, and I believe I've done a lot better over this past year working at this goal of, of, of not getting so angry when people honk. So the volume in my truck is on blast, and I cannot hear nobody honking, and that helps me, right? We need to figure this out, church. So we have a purpose. We have a plan. Lastly, we need to have persistence. We need to have persistence. Paul was very persistent. Listen to what he says in verse 12. But I press on. I press on. In other words, I continue to pursue. I continue to follow eagerly. I continue to follow through with what I'm trying to achieve. Too many of us have quit before we have achieved. Too many of us have set goals for the previous years, and right when we're, we're about to break through, you quit. You give up. Paul had purposed in his mind the image of a Greek runner sprinting down down the race of the course, right? So he's keeping up the chase, so to speak. He is pressing toward a fixed goal. He's pushing to completion and success with all of his might. Friends, we as believers, as Christians, should be pushing, pressing, and fighting to completion, till we achieve success, till we arrive at our predetermined goal. We need to stop giving up. We need to stop giving up on our goals too early. God, you in February already giving up. You haven't stuck to the plan that you and I talked about. You haven't done what you, you and I said you needed to do in order to achieve this predetermined goal. You quit on me. Friends, we as believers need to continue to fight, to press on, to push towards that goal with single-minded determination and steadfastness. In verse 14, Paul said, I press on to reach the end of the race, not the middle of the race. It says the end of the race. He was determined. He was persistent. And so we too must have that same iron will determination 
to reach our goals. Some of us have been praying for God to do something incredible in our lives, and we don't want to do the work, man. We don't want to put in the time. We don't want to see things see through to fruition. We don't want to see it to the end. We just want to... We just want to... We want to do that instead of saying, God, I need, yes, God, I need to do the work. I need to push. I need to press toward this predetermined goal that you have for my life. We must learn to master discouragement and to keep on pursuing our goals even when we've been knocked down in this. But that's so hard. It's so hard to get up. You know, 15 minutes early and read my word. It's so hard to get up to go to church. It's so hard to worship him. We, we get discouraged too easily. Someone once said that great people are not really naturally great people. Instead, they are just ordinary people with an extraordinary amount of persistence. They've achieved greatness because they kept at it. They kept doing. In my home, I want to constantly, I'm always constantly teaching my girls, we cannot give up. We cannot stop pursuing the goals we want to achieve in life. Because if you've aligned them up with God, you can achieve these things. You just cannot give up despite what the world might come up and say against it. Let me wrap this up, folks, with a little story. Everybody knows Thomas Edison, right? Thomas Edison didn't give up when his first efforts to find an effective filament for the carbon incandescent lamp had failed. He did countless experiments with countless kinds of materials. As each failed, he would toss them out the window that pile of failure had reached up to the second floor of his house. One weary day on October 21st, 1879, after 13 months, over a year of repeated failures, he succeeded in his, first, in his, in his search for a filament that would stand the stress of electric current. Listen how, listen to how it happened. Unquote. Casually picking up a bit of lamp black, he mixed it with tar and rolled it into a thin thread. Then the thought occurred. Why not try a carbonized cotton fiber? So for five hours he worked but it broke before he could remove the mold. Two spools of thread were used up. At last, a perfect strand emerged, only to be ruined when trying to place it in the glass tube. But Edison refused to admit defeat. He continued without sleep for two days and nights. And finally, he managed to slip one of the carbonized threads into the vacuum-sealed bulb. Then he turned on the current. 
And voila. Later, he said regarding that incredible moment, the sight we had so long desired to see finally met our eyes. Edison's persistence amid such discouraging odds and setbacks has given the world a wonderful and incredible electric light because he persevered, because he pressed on, because he fought and pushed. So what if, church, what if we pressed on? What if we fought? What if we continued to push forward to achieving our goals in 2020? What if the things that God is calling on you to do in 2020, yes, it may be challenging, but it is attainable if we would just be persistent. So as you get ready to celebrate the closing of this past year and celebrate the, the, the beginning of the new year, I want to encourage you with this message that as you prepare yourself for 2020, set some goals and expectations that line up with God. Don't get cheated in 2020. Don't get confused in 2020. Don't get misled in 2020. Don't be discouraged in 2020. Set the right goals. Be specific. Write them down your life. I want to see God do some incredible things in your life. I cannot wait to, when 2020 comes to an end, we get to sit down and talk about what God has done, the new things that God has done. Amen?